Hey, fellow Sassnacks, we are here in Omaha and Pittsburgh, and we are going to be diving right into part two of Dragonfly and Amber. Um, so here I am with my sister, Victoria. Say hello. Hello. And we have both been reading um, reading this. I've actually been listening to it on Audibles, and she's been reading it on her Kindle. Um, and we've been really enjoying our second book that we've been reading together. So this was actually um, one of my favorite parts in the TV series um, on Stars. Um, I don't know if it was just all the clothes and uh, just being in France with King Louis, but I definitely enjoyed it. And I feel like the book just kind of enhanced all of that so much more with more detail and different some different plot lines. Um, so it's... Part two starts in chapter six, Making Waves. Um, So this is where the book, they switch back to Jamie and Claire. So in the first part of the book, we were back in Scotland um, with uh, Roger and we met Brianna. Um, Now we're back, back in the past in um, the 1700s in France. And this is Um, where, um, this is where you would expect the book to start because Mm -hmm. it starts right off after the Abbey from the end of book one. So um, I think that's why a lot of people were thrown at the beginning of the book. So they're like, wait a minute, where's the continuation of the story? So now we're finally continuing the story. Yep. Definitely finally continuing it. And I'm sure it made all those people read that first part super fast. Oh yeah. (laughs) Hurry up and get back to Jamie. So, yeah, so they are um, a little bit different on, than the show because in the show, you know, they took a boat to France and they were, it, you know, starts in the series where she's getting off the plane with Frank um, because in the book, they actually kind of leave Frank out a lot more, um, actually pretty much all together. <laughs> it's just Roger and Bree from the start. But in the series, you know, she's getting off the plane and then you see... Um, she grabs a hand, and then it's Jamie's hand. Well, in the book, they were actually already in France because Jamie was recovering at that monastery. Um, and so remember, Claire, she's she's pregnant. Um, and they uh, – so the, the book starts off after the Abbey at the end of book one. All right, so chapter six, Making Waves. Um, so the, it opens in Le Havre, France in 1744. And Claire definitely goes a lot more into detail with her pregnancy. She started off and she was so sick and nauseous. And Jamie, he felt really bad because he felt like he did that to her. Um, but he was, you know, taking care of her and he was just kind of doing... Um, his business was trying to get to meet um, the Bonnie, Bonnie Prince Charles, and they meet up with his cousin, who is a wine merchant. Um, and this does kind of follow the show, you know, pretty, it was pretty accurate to the show. Um, the same scene where 
you know, that ship has smallpox and the, the comp T is very upset because Claire calls out right away. It's smallpox. Don't worry. I can't get it. And then she makes an enemy almost right away in France. Um, but then we kind of, we get to know, um, the, um, his Jared a little bit more and he's in charge of the wine business and, um, he really, I guess in the show, it doesn't really show you how much in danger they are from making that enemy with a Comte. Um, but in the book, really Claire realizes, oh, wow, you know, I've made an enemy and then she starts getting very scared. Um, so Jamie's going to handle, uh, Jared's affairs for a little bit of time. Um, and it kind of works out for the Jacobite cause because he's also a Jacobite as well. And then, um, and let me jump in here real quick. Um, so I will say a difference from the show in the book is in the book, Claire tells Jamie what's to come, um, with the Jacobite war and what happens at Claudin and what happens in the years after. And it seems like in the book, Jamie and Claire are very much a team and are very much of one mind that they need to do whatever they can to prevent this from happening. Mm -hmm. But in the show, it almost is like they present it as Claire almost manipulating Jamie into it. Um, mm-hmm. And Jamie in the show seems very skeptical and not as trusting. And and they jump right into them forcefully trying to figure out what's going on with the Jacobites. Whereas in the book, you know, first they, they take care of Jared, Jared's wine business. And they're mm-hmm. hosting people and they're, they're doing everything that they need to do. Um, and it just happens to work out that mm-hmm. they can also be rubbing elbows with, you know, people that may or may not know about the Jacobite cause. Mm-hmm. But everything in the book is much more hush-hush about that um, than in the show. Mm-hmm. I mean, in the show, they marched right into a, a drinks with the Bonnie Prince Charles and they start talking about mm-hmm. it right away, which is not at all what happened. In, in the, the books, books. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Jamie had to go over a couple of times to meet with him. And then in the show, it makes it seem like him and the Bonnie Prince are just, you know, best friends. And they're hanging out at all these taverns. And, um, you know, he has a quarrel with his lover and he goes straight to Jamie. Mm-hmm. And it's it's not like that at all. I mean, they're very friendly with each other. And but it, it's not like that. Chapter 7, Royal Audience. So Claire and Jamie, they take up residence with Jared in Paris and consider their circumstances. The house staff, they are uneasy with Claire at first, but they soon adjust to her. Um, So just to kind of compare the two. In the show, I feel like the same, you know, she's not really used to and, um, you know, having a staff and being a lady and giving orders you see in the show one of the maids is actually begging her low let me clean your room for you <laughs> um, yeah. so you know definitely kind of kind of like that here too where she's just not used to that and then she but she's a little more snooty in the show about it than in the books yes yep that is one thing though I feel like Look. 
but Claire, I feel like, is a lot more likable, I want to say. <laughs> um, and she she listens to Jamie more, especially in France. Like, yes. Jamie will say, don't do this, don't do that. And she'll be like, okay. And in the show, she's like, I'll do what I want. Who yeah. are you to tell me what to do? Exactly. Um, so, yeah, so that was, you know, def- different. And then Claire, she does learn about the bad reputation of um, St. Germain. Um, and then Jamie's invited to attend upon with, um, Charles Edward Stewart and is assigned to shepherd the prince along. Later, he discusses political and economic issues with Claire and he still is meeting with Stewart. So he does meet with, but it is kind of drawn out, you know, he doesn't meet him right away and then they just become friends. Oh, Um, I have something to say about this next line real quick. So, <laughs> this was different. <laughs> so, okay. So, um, Jamie is is asked to appear before the French king um, for his wake-up routine, mm-hmm. which he described as very interesting because it's just like a ton of people waiting on the king of France, you know, eating his every need and even, like, attending to him while he's on the toilet. Mm-hmm. And... In the show, I th- it was just so strange why they did this in the show because it makes sense that this would all be happening in the, the morning as, mm-hmm. you know, the king's waking up and getting ready. But in the show, it happened in the middle of a ball. Yeah. Like, I was thinking in the show Jamie's... that maybe he was, l- the king was late to the ball because he couldn't go to the bathroom. So that's always the way I took it. But I do think oh. I do think they should have done. Maybe they were just trying to cram all of that. But, it, yeah, know, they were trying one to cram scene. A, <laughs> yeah, they were trying. They crammed a lot of different plot lines and appearances by different mm-hmm. characters just into that one scene. But it was strange how someone was like, "Come on, you can come help the king," and then he walks in and the king's on the toilet. It's just it was yeah, it was a little more random. And then he introduces himself and then tells him to eat porridge. Yeah, and then in the book he doesn't even say that he just mentions it later to Claire saying oh well we eat porridge yeah. that's what we eat for that so we're going into chapter 8 and we learn we just we're reading a lot about the day to day of Claire's life in Paris so some of it's a little dull but some of it's interesting um, and so they're doing more of meeting with people. And then we find out that Hawkins uh, mentions his niece, Mary, and that Mary is kind of betrothed to uh, an older man with lots of warts. But um, Claire recognizes the name Mary Hawkins and realizes that she would be the mother to Frank's great 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 grandpa and would somehow end up marrying Jack Randall um, and so Claire's kind of befuddled by that a little bit um, so then she goes and she needs to replenish her herbal supplies and she encounters Master Raymond who's a peculiar type of guy she describes him kind of like a frog with no teeth and you know the They talk for a while, and she seems like she likes them a lot. And then chapter nine 
is that scene that I was just talking about in the stars show where um, they go to that ball and Jamie and Claire, Claire's dressed provocatively (laughs) in her red dress. And one thing that kind of, you know, in the book, Claire, she is kind of wary about it. You know, she's talking to the seamstress and she's like, are you sure? You know, this is, you know, very revealing and the seamstress is like oh my gosh this is so like in fashion don't Mm -hmm. even worry about it and she's like okay but in the show claire like tells jamie i helped design it and i'm like Mm -hmm. what yeah and she seemed more confident you know she's wearing this no matter what she wears what she wants but yeah and so that's why and then she had that um that fan made (laughs) remember i think it was right a 12 foot or 12 inch one foot fan <laughs> um, right but yeah no this was definitely one of my favorite parts and I, I did notice some of the similarities um I don't know if you remember in the show where you know the fashion at Versailles was just so really out there and then they had you know the girls with their full like breasts exposed and remember Murtaugh mm-hmm. couldn't stop looking um well they did mention you know some of that crazy fashion in the book as well um so I'm glad that you know that was in there too. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just, it was just nice to read, you know, a little bit more detail about them being at Versailles. Um, and then I did like how, I just feel like you get more in depth of their relationship and you get to know them so much better. So Jamie told that story about he, how he was in love and he got his heart broken. Do you remember? <laughs> Yeah, what's her name? Anna is it Annalise? Yes, yep. And then how he got his heart broken. And then Claire, she just, you know, she's kinda like, Oh, well, you know, nobody would ever describe me like that, you know, delicate, you know, yeah, waving she... in the wind, and she gets kind of jealous and then um Jamie reassures her. Um and and he says, you know, I told you everything I'm thinking, you know, like you said, they're like one mind. Um, and he's never told anybody, you know, exactly what he's thinking. So then Claire feels a little bit better. But I like And that. I can, let me tell you, I can totally relate to Claire because she keeps referring, whenever she feels subconscious, she refers to her size nine feet. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and you know what? I honestly, there, I was, when I was reading this part, I kept thinking, I was like, oh, I said, I thought to myself, I said, oh, Vicky's like 5'6". Oh, she's the same height as Claire. Oh, Vicky has nine, a size 9 feet. <laughs> so I actually thought of you in this chapter. <laughs> yeah, so I definitely can relate, especially when she was, because com- Annalise, they described her as being like so small that like, what did Jamie say? Like, he, you wanted to put her in her in your pocket her, like, yeah. or something weird. <laughs> and you know, she kept thinking, well, with me and my size nine feet, no one would ever think of me that way. And I was like, man, girl, I can so yeah. relate. <laughs> yeah. No, I definitely um, thought of you when but she said that. <laughs> I do love in the book that we are seeing more of their relationship. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if you remember, um, there was some reason why Jamie had to get out of bed. Um, and when he got back into bed, he put his cold feet on Claire in the bed and she was like get those ice cubes off of me and I I just thought like how many times in normal marriages across the world does has that happened to someone you know (laughs) (laughs) 
where you just want to warm your feet so you put them on your spouse Mm -hmm. and I was like man that's just too real Mm -hmm. but yep so they're off the ball um oh and one other thing I want to note um Murtaugh in the show he's like he seems to be everywhere they are Mm -hmm. and and you know in the show he's involved in their mission to stop the Jacobite cause in the book, I don't know if he's privy yet to all of that yet. No, I don't think he like, knows I don't think about... they've included him Mm-mm. in that. And I'm not sure he was at the ball, was he? No, it, definitely in the show, he was right there by Jamie's side. He was there when he met right when he met the prince. And um, nope, he I don't he wasn't in the show. They did tell him, "Hey, we're doing this." They couldn't tell him why until later yeah. on. They, you know told about J- um Claire being from the future but yeah I haven't heard much from him yep so then we have the um the king's entrance and then that weirdo who tries to suck on Claire's oh toes yeah <laughs> Jamie dunks him into the fountain um and Jamie he later the next day talks to Claire about his concern about her association with Ray- Master Raymond. Um, and then, uh, let's see. Oh, and then shortly after that, she was poisoned. Mm-hmm. And she was like thinking, and this is when they stayed overnight at the, were they at Versailles still? Yeah. Yeah, because the royal doctor came to check on her because she was thinking, oh, my gosh, I'm miscarrying. And the royal doctor's like, no, no, you're not. And then he wanted to bleed her. And she was like, get away from me, you idiot. And (laughs) he was, like, offended. And then someone whispered poison. And she's like, oh, gosh. And later we find out when she marched into Master Raymond's shop that she ended up diarrhea in front of 30 different people. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Mm-hmm. I was like, dang, that stinks. Yeah, what was it? It was an, I think it was, and she recognized it because when she had first gone into Raymond's shop, he um, showed her that route. And then she was like, oh, yeah, that's what that's for. And then I think. Oh, yeah, bitter cascara. Yeah, and then I think one of the maids had mentioned that or something poison, and then she knew right away. And she was mm-hmm. really upset. Oh, I think I skipped ahead a little ahead with that one. So, so, yeah. So the day after the ball, she she gets sick from the food at lunch, but it's just because they're eating eels, I believe. Mm-hmm. And so she goes outside and she throws up. Um, it's no, it wasn't eels. What were they eating? Like baby baby birds, baby birds? eating them whole. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and then she thinks she sees Jack Randall, but it turns out to be Alex Randall. Oh, yeah. I thought that was going to be the part where they saw him again, but... Right, like in the show. And I was so surprised that, so Alex Randall looks, you know, so much like Frank as well. So that makes sense, though, because Alexander Randall is the bio great-great-grandpa Oh, so Alex Randall honestly should look more like Frank than Blackjack, then, Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So chapter 11 is kind of more of the day-to-days of them entertaining and them socializing. And they talk about how 
they're at a dinner party and some musician wants her to sing and then Mary Hawkins is like, no, I don't want to. And it was all a little bit pointless, I feel. Oh, that um, <laughs> but, where Louise is there and yeah, yeah. that was a pretty long <laughs> little chapter. Yeah. Um, so then let's see. Okay, so the next day uh Claire goes to Louise's place and she ends up getting her armpits and her legs waxed. So in the book she doesn't get her quote unquote honey pot mm-hmm. waxed, but in the show she does. Um so it's just that whole exchange was really funny in the book. Like I definitely laughed mm-hmm. and Jamie was like allergic to um what are you, it's hyacinth, mm-hmm. whatever oils mm-hmm. that Claire had all over her body. And then chapter 12 is all about the hospital. And I thought that the conversation was so interesting between, you know, Claire telling Jamie she wanted to go volunteer at the Mm -hmm. hospital and Jamie saying, absolutely not. And they could feel like the, the electricity in the air with both of them being stubborn about it. And then they kind of like come down from that and, Jamie agrees to think about it. And so she's like, and then they apologize for fighting basically. Mm -hmm. But in the show, if I remember correctly, Claire's like, I'm going to do it. And he's like, no, and she does it anyway. So, and in the book, it was interesting because Jamie ends up coming around and, you know, saying, okay, you know, you can do it. And she's like, okay. And to me, that was a good example of like, arguments and real life marriage mm-hmm. where someone wants to do something the other person doesn't think it's a good idea and then you fight about it but then you compromise mm-hmm. I was kind of surprised though because I feel like you know I feel like to me that's more of a modern type of argument with marriage you know and compromise but I yeah. feel like back then I don't think there was any compromise in marriage and I was kind of surprised that JB was like okay so I don't know if and obviously, you know, this is fiction, but maybe because Claire is so forward um, thinking because she's from the future that maybe it helps, you know, Jamie to be because it seems like for the most part, they do act like a modern couple and they are kind of yeah. more on, you know, the equal side of each other, which is yeah. so different than all the other people in that day and age at that time. Um, right. You know, Claire definitely doesn't seem like she feels like Jamie's property at all. Um, and they do yeah. seem more equal. So that's one thing I noticed coming from that argument. Mm-hmm. Um, so she, uh, and another thing I found interesting is she brings a few of her high society lady friends with her to this hospital. And they like immediately after they see what's going on in this hospital, they turn around and they run out the door and they're trying to get out of there as fast as possible. And only Mary Hawkins Mm -hmm. stays behind and wants to to help. And I just thought it was funny that Claire even invited those ladies. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So that was interesting. Um, And then Claire comes home and finds Fergus and she's like, "Uh, okay, what's what's going on here? And Jamie explains that he's a pickpocket and he explains this whole elaborate story of how he found Fergus. And I loved how Claire, cause he was like, oh, yeah, I was walking down an alley 
and I just bought a sausage, and these guys attacked me, and I beat them with a sausage, and then somehow I ended up in a brothel, and then I saw Fergus, and he helped me out, and then Claire, like, looked at him and was like, you know most wives wouldn't believe this story, (laughs) right? (laughs) Like, and he's like, what? It happened, and then I thought it was funny at the end of the chapter that she was like, well, what's for dinner? Well, sausage, you didn't think I was going to waste it, did you? After he, like, beat a few men in an alley with a sausage. So I thought that was hilarious. Yeah. So then he, yeah, he hires Fergus to be a pickpocket for their cause. And that's how they Mm -hmm. kind of adopt their little son, Fergus. Yep. And then chapter 13, um, Louise wants to basically have an abortion and Claire kind of convinced her not mm-hmm. to. So I wonder if she like changes history a little bit with that. Yeah. That's what I was um, thinking too, because that's, you know, the body Prince Charles baby. So I wonder, you know, yeah. how that turns out. I don't think we ever really find out because, you know, kind of skips over that. Yeah. So then they're kind of trying to decode letters and trying to figure out all the stuff that Fergus is getting for from for them. Mm-hmm. Oh, one thing about that, the um, decoding the letters with um with the music. Um, mm-hmm. So in the show, they actually play a reference to um, the nun. I forget. I forget her name. Um, oh, Mother Hildegard. <laughs> How can mm-hmm. I forget that? Um, but she actually said she knows Mozart, that that's, oh, it's, you know. Or no, it's Bach. Oh, yeah. It's Bach. And that she knows him, and then Claire's just like, oh, my goodness, you know. And then they don't, they don't have that in the book. No, in the book, they talk about Bach. So Mother Hildegard is like, oh, this sounds similar to some of um, the writings of my friend Bach. And then Claire's fascinated and is like, oh, is his his work popular? And she's like, you know, not really. I mean, it's it's good music, but it's not going to, you know, last the test of time. And Claire kind of thinks that's funny because it's Bach. Oh, you know? maybe I missed that part then. I must have. Because <laughs> I remember that from the yeah. show. But from the show, I thought it was Mozart. Maybe not. They could have changed it, but that was in chapter 15 if you want to go okay, back. Okay, yeah, I'll reread that part. Read that part. I like that. So, yep, the, so Hildegard helps find a hidden message in the music. Chapter 16, The Nature of Sulfur. So, again, um, Claire and Jamie are finding that the Stuart restoration doesn't seem very important to anyone. Like, no one really cares mm-hmm. about it. And that's different from the show, because in the show, it seems like everyone's talking about it and everyone cares. Um, and this is also where they're they're there in the French court playing chess and hanging out with the, you know, French elite. Um, and they are, are playing chess late into the night. So uh, we already kind of talked about how that's when they, they were, were able to stay in a royal apartment, and that's when uh, Claire realized that she was mm-hmm. poisoned. So chapter 17. So this, <laughs> this was also a very funny chapter, because this is where 
uh, Claire wakes up and Jamie's not there. And he stumbles in and he smells like perfume Mm -hmm. and his bites and hickeys all over him and she realizes that he was spent all night in a whorehouse Mm -hmm. and I loved her reaction to all of that like and and it was really funny because I feel like he was like listen I was trying to protect my manhood (laughs) and also trying to stay faithful I was doing the best I could. It was like the hardest night ever. And I feel like, you know, I abstained and I come home and you're like, because I love how she poured cold water right on Mm -hmm. top of his head. And he's like, can I come home? And you're berating me and blah, 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 blah. Um, And in the show, it was so different. And in the show, it kind of made me angry and it made me feel like it was way out of character Mm -hmm. for Jamie. To Because it seemed like he willingly went to the whorehouse mm-hmm. in the show and was, like, almost bragging about what yeah. happens. And, and then he, like, said, oh, well, I needed to feel alive again. Because in the show, he's still dealing with seeing Jack Randall all the mm-hmm. time whenever he's trying to be intimate with his wife. But in the book, he's already worked mm-hmm. through that. And they're, they're kind of back to normal despite mm-hmm. his trauma. So in the show... I didn't like how they did that when they could have done yeah. the same exact scene. Where it was, he was kind of like done it as, cute as it Jamie, was the... you know. I mean, it was kind of funny. He wasn't like, you know, like a bad drunk or whatever. I mean, he walks in and the first thing he said is like, "I need a bath," <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I feel like he was more funny and charming, and it was just the conversation was funnier than I feel like. Right. In the show, Claire got angry because, you know, she's like, what are those bite marks in between your legs? And then he just kept, you know, defending yeah. himself. And she's like, you're not making this any better. But Claire seemed like she actually got upset. So. Yeah. And in the in the show, it also showed Jamie, like, not understanding why Claire's yeah. upset. Like, oh, I mean, the horse, they bit me and, you know, did all this stuff. But. Um, it just made me feel awakened again. That you mm-hmm. should be happy about that. And he just seemed like such an idiot yeah. in the show. Like I wanted to reach through the TV and just yeah. smack him. But in the book, he was like, he was like explaining very logically why he had to mm-hmm. stay there and like what he was doing to try to keep everyone mm-hmm. off of him. And it made mm-hmm. a lot more sense. Mm-hmm. So this <laughs> this was also a very funny chapter because this is where uh, Claire wakes up and Jamie's not there. And he stumbles in and he smells like perfume mm-hmm. and she, his bites and hickeys all over him. And she realizes that he was spent all night in a whorehouse. Mm-hmm. And I loved her reaction to all of that. Like, and I, And it was really funny because I feel like he was like listen I was trying to protect my manhood (laughs) and also trying to stay faithful I was doing the best I could it was like the hardest night ever and I feel like you know I abstained and I come home and you're like because I love how she poured cold water right on Mm -hmm. top of his head and he's like can I come home and you're berating me and blah 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 um and 
in the show it was so different and the show kind of made me angry and it made me feel like it was way out of character Mm -hmm. for jamie to cut because it seemed like he willingly went to the Mm -hmm. whorehouse in the show and was like almost bragging about what happens and and then he like said oh well i needed to feel alive again because in the show he's still dealing with seeing jack randall all the Mm -hmm. time whenever he's trying to be intimate with his wife but in the book, he's already worked mm-hmm. through that. And they're they're kind of back to normal despite mm-hmm. his trauma. So in the show, I didn't like how they did that. When they could have done yeah. the same exact scene. Where it was he was kind of like done it as, cute as it Jamie, was in the book. you know. I mean it was kind of funny. He wasn't like, you know, like a bad drunk or whatever. I mean, he walks in and the first thing he said is like, I need a bath <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I feel like he was more funny and charming, and it was just the conversation was funnier than I feel like right. in the show. Claire got angry because you know she's like, "What are those bite marks in between your legs?" And then he just kept you know defending yeah. himself, and she's like, "You're not making this any better." But Claire seemed like she actually got upset. So, yeah, and in the in the show, it also showed Jamie like not understanding why Claire's yeah. upset. Like, oh, I mean the horse they bit me and, you know, did all this stuff, but um it just made me feel awakened again. That you mm-hmm. should be happy about that. And he just seemed like such an yeah. idiot in the show. Like I wanted to reach through the TV and just yeah. smack him. But in the book he was like he was like explaining very logically why he had to mm-hmm. stay there and like what he was doing to try to keep everyone mm-hmm. off of him, and it made mm-hmm. a lot more sense. Mm-hmm. So, what are your takeaways from part two of uh, having them talk about their life in France so far? Um, I definitely am liking. France in the book more I just I like the details more and I do feel like we're getting so much more detail and perspective into Jamie and Claire's romance and I do feel like I like book Claire and book Jamie a little bit better I feel like they're more likable oh for yeah sure and they're not um I think you know it's just hard you know too because and then also you have the actors and then their personality um so it could just be, you know, the way that the actress, like, says the lines, you know, it makes her come off more, you know, arrogant or more, you know what I mean? So I feel like when yeah. you read the book and the words, you just kind of, you know, hear them for yourself in your own brain, you know, kind of, it's your own movie in your own, own head, basically, <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so, but yeah, no, I do, I have really enjoyed it so much more and. Um, I just like, I love them being in France and I've, you know, I just think it's so interesting to think, you know, Claire, I mean, I also thought this too, you know, well, she got to meet, you know, King Louis and she knew somebody who, um, knew Bach, um, and all of that, you know, just kind of crazy to think in the future, she didn't get to share those stories with. Brie, which I'm sure, you know, eventually she hopefully was able to tell her all those amazing stories um, and all the things she's gotten to experience so far going back in, back in time. Mm-hmm. And I think it's fun to see because in, in the first book and the first season of the TV show, 
Jamie was like always in warrior mode, always in survival mode. And it's kind of fun to see him in book two as like this mm-hmm. gentleman, like he's Lord Brock Turok, you know, and he's, he slips into that role almost mm-hmm. seamlessly of like playing chess with these dignitaries and like, because he's, he's a well-educated mm-hmm. character and he's able to kind of flex that um, in this mm-hmm. world and fit in fine, which is kind of fun that he can fit in, you know, as like this wine merchant businessman with all of these royal people around him. And then he could also be this crazy warrior that mm-hmm. we saw in the first book. Um, so it's kind of cool to see how he mm-hmm. can do that. Yeah. And I think too, because, and that might also be now that you're saying that because he is more complex of a, a character and he's very educated mm-hmm. And, you know, he has gone to school and he knows how to speak French and different languages. Um, That could also be why, you know, maybe with Claire, you know, they do get along so well because she's so educated herself and she's she's a nurse. Um, Yeah. And I I did another thing I want to point out um, about this part is in the book, Jared you know, he was very well acquainted with Jamie because, you know, he, Jamie lived with him for a while and he just had so much trust in Jamie and was like, yeah, you know, I need to go start this winery somewhere else. You can have my house. You can have this. Go for it. I know that my business is in good Mm -hmm. hands with you. And then in the show, it's like immediately, like Claire's like, write a letter to your cousin. He's a Jacobite. Have him introduce you to you know, the top Jacobite leaders and like the first meeting of Jared and Jamie and Claire, it didn't happen in the book where they're almost demanding for him to be like use Jared to introduce him to Jacobite Mm -hmm. leaders. And he was so suspicious of him. And he was like, why would they want to hear what you have to say? And he had to say, well, I am the the laird of Lollybrock and a member of two clans. And, like, that scene just felt like, like, it just happened way more seamless Yeah, it seemed like it made more sense. They didn't have to involve, yeah, they didn't have to involve Jared in their whole, like, mission. Mm -hmm. And so I just, I'm loving the book. And I, you know, I know you loved season two of the show. But I I never really did because of all the political maneuvering. And it just didn't seem like the same show mm-hmm. anymore. But the book does. The book does feel mm-hmm. like Outlander. Yeah. But the show, I felt like, turned a different way yeah. a little bit in that season. And I think it's definitely, too, you know, explaining their relationship more. And you get to see those fun exchanges with them. And I feel like you see more that Jamie has a sense of humor Sometimes, sometimes on the oh, yeah. show, you know, they don't, they definitely don't show that at all. Um, it's just all like down to business and let's cancel this Jacobite rebellion. <laughs> and then, yeah, they don't yeah, really have definitely. those exchanges, which really bring you into their, you know, the personalities and the relationships. Um, so, yeah, so I definitely am really enjoying, enjoying the book for sure. Yep. All right. So thanks for listening to part two and our next episode, we're going to focus on part three. All right. It's been fun so far. We'll keep on reading.